0: You are back with your Driven Women Unfiltered podcast powered by Adapting Social. So, we are really coming down to the end of 2023, and uh, we couldn't let this year pass without having our very special guest, Anne Pennington, Mrs. USA Earth. Yes. And you're actually handing over your title. I
1: am. The countdown is 32 days starting today. (laughs) Oh, like not that I have a stopwatch, but (laughs) it's coming to an end.
0: Amazing. But Anne is also a CEO, uh, an amazing styling company. So I for style owns and operates, and I've had the pleasure of attending uh, one of her amazing fashion shows. So Welcome. Thank you. I'm so
1: excited mm-hmm. to be here. So wonderful to see you. I love you. Adore both of you, so it's great to be uh, here. I,
0: well, you know, what is so funny for nobody. Anybody who doesn't know us would know this, but um, people thought we were sisters because. Yeah, yeah you
2: guys are like <laughs> fucking clones. I, like I know clones.
0: <laughs> I would be honored to be. <laughs> and and I
2: mean that in a great way. It's just I walked in and I was like. <laughs> <"Yes."> <laughs> so, see, but you, you're taller than me.
0: How tall are you? Uh, almost 511. How tall are you? Oh yeah. Listen, I tell people. Do you also
2: never wear
1: shoes under six inches because that's so, this bitch. You do wear heels a lot. I, I do. I look like a yeah. yeah. an Amazon all the time. <laughs> like pretty sure people think I'm like a drag queen from behind. So like, <laughs> <laughs> they're like, oh, never mind. Yeah. Sometimes I have to watch my contour because I think the same yes. thing. I, I used to live in Asia and I would wear my giant heels like in the middle. Oh, that is like, so far you know, in there, like the downtown, and literally people would be like hmm yeah who is that <laughs> is, she, is she or he you know and i was like I'm, I'm whatever right like it's good it's taller yeah. than most men over there too predominantly I yes. yes and then of course i rock a louboutin you know yeah i gotta love a good heel yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> well um so Anne's from Rumson now but you are you
1: come from south africa so no i wish i came from south africa but no i'm an international worldwide traveler no, my amazing. mother yes. was european okay and immigrated to the states many many moons ago and coming with that, we had the opportunity to travel, having family all over. I lived abroad for many years as a child. I studied and lived in Asia for many, many years before I moved back to the US and ended up in New York. And then New York became a Rumsonite, New Jerseyan. So, bounced all over the world. There are only two continents I have not been to. Yeah, so. It's amazing. I have so many questions. So, you were in Asia. Were you speaking a different language? I actually, so I had to go to school, and predominantly everybody spoke Chinese. And everyone, I mean, firstly, Hong Kong is like Americanized; it's very Westernized. Uh, everyone speaks English, but in school, they felt more comfortable speaking, of course, like their yeah. language. So why would I have to? You know, why <coughs> should they accommodate me when I should be able to accommodate them? So it was really interesting. I made friends because I was so I felt left out. Right, you're sitting there, you're hearing people, they're looking at you, and you're the only person who looks different. Yeah, doesn't speak the language. And so eventually I started switching words for, I'll give you an English word, you give me a Chinese word. And when I was really young, I used to do that with Spanish. I used to tutor children in um, ESL language. So after school, I would do that for Spanish children and teach English as a second language. So I was like, I almost felt like I was doing it again in Chinese. And then most of my friends, what was really funny is I became friends with all the locals. So we did everything together, sat together, ate. You know, traditional food. Went to their families. Like, I felt like I was just was yeah, like immersed in everything. It, very much. Like, I almost when I moved back to the, the states, I felt reverse culture shock. I was like, I don't want to come back here. Like, Americans are rude. Yeah. So it was, yeah <laughs> but, you can say that. I again. also like that your like
2: entrepreneurial mindset started with like bartering for words. Yeah. You were like, like Nobody wants to left out. That's awesome.
1: I'm like, I'm pretty sure they're talking shit about me. Yeah. You know, and I was like, well, let me figure this out. And I was like, oh, so I learned all the bad words first, obviously. Yeah. And. Um, <laughs> Yeah. And so you learned you if you wanted something, you got better prices if you could speak a little Chinese. Yeah. that's awesome. Yeah. So it's funny. It's like sometimes I review my words cuz it's been a long long while since yeah. I yeah, lived there. Yeah.
0: Okay, since you are my long-lost sister, I need to hear about this love story
1: of yours because you just celebrated almost 20 years. Yeah. Yeah, so I've been with my husband 20 years, married for like I feel like 100. Um it's interesting because he, I would guess, I'm from Las Vegas originally. So what happens in Vegas usually like stays in Vegas, nothing ever ha- Well, my husband married what happened in Vegas, right? So we <laughs> met, and I'll set the story really nicely. There is a nightclub in the Caesars Palace, and it still exists. It's a different name now, yeah, I don't know what it is. It's a really cool rooftop nightclub. I was working for Dolby. I used to be um, one of their promotional speakers, mm-hmm. and I worked for them for a couple years. And there was, he's in IT. He came in with partying. party. There's all these geeks that look like, you know, your traditional like IT. No <laughs> offense to anybody. Um, but uniforms, you know, it was yes. like the khaki pants and the white shirt from the like convention trade show. Maybe had of. a name yeah. tag or yeah, something. Yeah, exactly. Like, hi, I'm, you know, so and so company. And the sunset, it's beautiful. You can see like the Vegas Strip. I'm with all my girlfriends and we're just like there. And before you know it, my husband walks in. It's like James Bond. Like everything stops. And it was, like, a film scene. He's, like, walking. And I was, like, okay. Slow-mo. I was, like, he's, he had, like, the shirt buttoned down, the black blazer. I was, like, okay. That's not an <laughs> IT guy. No. I was, like, he, got, he must be, like, lost. So, of course, like, I was, like, hello, you know. <laughs> Hi, I'm Anne." No. And so, before you know it, we talked the whole night. He had an English accent. I was, like, oh, my gosh. It was, like, love at first sight. We talked on the phone for like a year before we actually like saw each other. Every single day for like 14 hours a day. Oh, I love that. We talked on the phone. And this is before you had, you, you know, we didn't have like smartphones. on I'm not yeah. old, but you know, it was like, you just didn't have that technology yet. So eventually we just would talk and talk and talk and talk. So I literally married my best friend. Oh, yeah, I yeah. Love so that. he has a brother, but he, he's married. So we'll find you someone else. <laughs> <laughs>
0: So um, what I loved about your husband was that uh, he was so supportive, like at that one event that I was at, he, he came out and he was like managing the show. It was <laughs> yes. like, he, he put her up clipboard on a like pedestal just, yeah. to, to allow her to shine and do what she was supposed to be doing. And he managed everything out. I mean, he was sweating and running and oh, I, yes. I, i I swore somebody got me on tape. Cause I was like, I need one like that. Yeah.
1: My I, And it, I'm so lucky because I feel like, you know, at anything, a partnership, it's really just marriage is about equal, right? It's like mm-hmm. standing next to each other. No one's ever. And even if you want the person to be in front of you and like support them while you're behind, that's what you do. You take turns. Yeah. I would say we take turns to like. But he always helps me shine. Like, I always get emotional because he's just such a great person. And oh. I feel so, you know, grateful, right? It's hard to, we've all dated our frogs before you find your prince charming. Yeah, yep, yep. Um, but no, he he really wants to see, like, my full potential.
0: I love this for you, yeah. honestly. I mean, it's so, like, even to see you get emotional about it is, that's how you should
2: talk about your yeah. spouse, and right? And you know what, though, too? I find that when we have guests just like you, and that are like, doing big shit and they talk about their significant other so proud. it's always like this sa- not that like your story isn't special but it's always like the same thing like he is a partner he supports the hell out of everything mm-hmm. i do like he's never like why are you gonna do that or like that idea is too big like the yeah. man is always like you know
1: totally. yeah but lockstep 100 because I, I feel like you know you have one life one go around mm-hmm. and like why would you do it with anybody else who didn't want to see your you know, you shine the brightest you can shine. Like, mm-hmm. that yeah. just what makes, makes me sad. And my mom had that with my father. My dad was such a stellar human being. Um, you know, just a real, like, tough John Wayne kind of, like, let's yeah. make shit happen. You know, and they took over. They both were. My mother was from World War II. She escaped all that stuff. And my father was a depression child. And they built an empire together, just, like, one stone after the other. And I was like, so it was modeled, my, the behavior of my family. Yeah. You know, and I was l- I'm lucky because, believe me, not every guy I did was you know, stellar, like some of them I'm sure, you know. Yeah, I think we're all trying
2: to find our father <laughs> Yeah, and we get there eventually, but yes.
1: yeah. No, I love I love that story and I love that
2: you say like your parents built an empire together because that's like the goal, right?
1: It is, it's like you watch hardworking people
2: and you know, it really is, what you put in is what you get out. Do you think that watching your parents, not just their relationship as a couple, but like watching their hard work, like instilled those values in you and like that kind of mindset? I didn't have a choice. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm the yeah. last of 10 children. And ten. ten to, I make oh number ten. Oh my and
1: God. so there was <laughs> no time for slack. You worked hard. You put in your effort to live in the house. Everyone played Ooh, a role. Wow. And my father was God like bless. very militant. Like you called if he called your name, you were scared. Yeah. And he believed, he owned a bunch of businesses. And in the end, um, my father owned a big transportation company. But he said, everyone, my children has to show up and go to work. Mm. Like, I don't care if you want to or don't want to, you have to work. So nothing was handed to us. And I have a lot of people talk about this, but he really taught me financial literacy at a young age, Yeah. which I don't think a lot of children, you know, have this opportunity. And especially for women, you know, we're taught to like get married and like play that role and whatnot. But um, he was like, if you want something, you can have anything you want. And he wasn't like this big dream. Like he was like, no, it's legitimately like, I had one truck, I had one this, and now I have like hundreds of work across the world. Yeah. And I was like, oh, it is possible because no one gave him a dime mm-hmm. right yeah so
2: yeah I love a good come up story like that yeah I sure do I mean I sure do listen I'm
1: sure there's so much
2: to be said too just about like the the dynamic of, of being in a home with that many siblings you know but no. like the sure, fact sure. that good. yeah I was, I was gonna <laughs> say <laughs> he ran <laughs> that he ran a tight ship he was like
0: all right this is oh. how, we're, how we're what getting is that down. like as the baby how many bathrooms did you guys have so
1: we it's funny I, I just of was course told that's <laughs> what you would ask I know. well of course right you're like, you're like let's see if we can still sell the house No, so, um I was just home just recently, and I drove past my child home. And I drove past being like, it looks really small. Always,
0: always, always looks small when we're older. I was like, because, because we're, when we're, it's so like impressionable when we're small,
1: like everything looks so grand. Even for you six foot tall. Yeah, no, like, <laughs> I was like, I feel like I could like hopped over it. I was yeah. like, what happened to this mansion I grew up? And I was and like. And you're like, there was there was 12 of us in here? Like, I was like, ow. No and there was a big age spread. so. Granted, we weren't all there together. Mm. A lot of them had already gone to school. I mean, they're like 40 years older than I am practically, and not 40, like 30. But so you have this huge gap of people. So they're gone, had families already. And then I was only raised really with a couple, like four or five of them. So my sister, I have an Irish twin, and then the rest were kind of staggered between going to college and whatnot. But when everyone was together, my parents actually ran out, they would rent function rooms, like at hotels and Mm -hmm. things to have us all together. (laughs) because they had to just either stagger the times of people visiting for holidays. Yeah. And then my dad's last I wasn't home for it, I was in Hong Kong but for his 80th birthday they actually rented a park and um, hired a drone to take pictures because you couldn't take an actual photo because there's that <laughs> many extended family. Oh. My parents have like I don't know like 32 grandkids or something. It's something banana town. Yeah. Like my father had passed away 2 years ago almost 3, excuse me, and the I'd never been to a funeral that felt like it felt like a function. Yeah. Because there was just so many family members. Like, all they do is procreate in my family. I don't know. It's (laughs) like, let's just keep this gene going. (laughs) Oh my God. But you only have one child. I have one. I was blessed with one, thank God. And I would love to have more, but that's what God gave me. And, you know, he's he's my angel. Love him to death. But my Mm -hmm. mom said, this is funny. When he was really little, she said, if I had had him first, he would have been my last one because he is. He's has good energy. Yeah. <laughs> he's like he's yeah. like my mom, that's all kids are like, she's like, "No, no, no, not mine." Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. So, all right. You you were in Vegas and you came to New Jersey. So I met James Bond and I ended up in Asia. So went to Asia, started working, went to school there. We got married, we lived there for many moons and then I fell pregnant with my son and we came to New York. I gave birth to my son, planning to go back to Asia, which we ended up You know, meeting friends, beginning, you know, getting your roots and just finding the love Mm -hmm. of, like, the East Coast. And we just stayed. And then before you know it, we had someone say, hey, come to Jersey. Come to the Jersey Shore and, like, see my house. Like She would ask me every weekend. I was like, what is with her, this Jersey Shore thing? (laughs) I was like, stop with, like, I can't because I used to watch the show. And I was like, I'm not going to New Jersey. (laughs) So as stupid as it sounds, I know, like, how ignorant and, like, uneducated. But. I was like, I'm good. I don't need to, you know, we were like, go to the Hansons or whatever. So this girl was like, come on, my house is beautiful. I'm like, yeah, yeah, blah, blah, blah. Finally, we sucked it up, got in the car, drove to Spring Lake. Mm. And I showed up on her. Good spot. um, Phenomenal. I was like, holy moly. Like, why did I not know this existed? Mm -hmm. I felt like I was like in a movie. It was beautiful, like manicured lawns and this, that, the other. So before you know it, we spent the weekend there walking around, just enjoying Spring Lake. And I'm like, you know what? We need a house here. So we rented that summer, fell in love with it, and immediately bought a home. And I was like, this is like the dream. And they're like, yeah, don't, that's why we don't talk about it. We make it look like New Jersey's bad because we don't <laughs> want everybody here. <laughs> I was like, now I get it. Like It has the most pristine beaches, the nicest people. And during COVID, when the world started ending, we lived in New York City, we ended up buying a house right before the world ended. We had no idea. So we went to Rumson, went to an open house. I walked in. It had all the bone structure. I grew up in um, on a horse ranch, so it had. It's an old horse carriage, like where they drive the carriages in. Fell in love with the house. I was like, "This is meant for me." Put an offer, and then before you know, like forty-eight hours, like, "And by the way, you have this house now." I was like, "Oh shit!" Now the world is like, "We're dying, and what's yeah. happening?" I don't <laughs> even know anymore. But it presented such a silver lining, and you know, I have a wonderful community. My son had a pool. We were so fortunate to become part. I was already doing charity work in the community, so yeah. it really. Aligned everything I wanted to yeah. do together. So when did you start pageantry? As an adult. So most people are like, oh, you, you know, you've done all these pageants. You've won all these national titles. You must have been doing this since you were born. And I was like, actually, my mom does not like pageantry. Mm-hmm. She's like, women should have PhDs and not crowns. So Okay, mom. Yeah, mom's like, no, 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 we, we do other things. And I was like, but I really want to try this. And I met a woman. I used to model. And she was like, you'd be perfect for this. You should try it. And I was like, Okay. And I showed up and I was like, oh, okay, one." It was amazing, loved it, won another one. I was like, oh, this is really fun. And then I moved away and stopped. I was like, no more for me. When I moved back to the East Coast, I met a, I, my non-for-profit is styled with a purpose. So met some pageant girls and they were like, you know, I don't have really like any money to buy a dress. I don't have money to get, like makeup and hair and all stuff. And I was like, you know what? Let's put something together for you. Let's do a fundraiser, because you're doing all this amazing community work, right? And the other part of pageantry is not just being beautiful and all this other stuff. It's really what you're doing. And I said you're amazing. Let me help you get there. So we started sponsoring some pageants. Before you know it, they were like, Miss Anne, mm-hmm. you should do a pageant. And I was like, Oh no, no, no. Before you know it, I got talked into it. Did another one. Did another one. I've done like six in the last like six years. So just killing it. Just That's well, awesome. no, it was just fun. I, I I think when you enjoy something, yeah, it just shines through, right? Like you've done pageantry there's an inside sparkle, and there is a need in your community to highlight what you're doing, and it already brings a conversational piece. People are like, well, why do you have a crown on? Why do you have a sash on? What does this do? And they're mm-hmm. like, oh, you're doing real shit. Like, you're not just this, like, yeah, you know, fancy fancy. Yeah. like, oh, you know, she's here for, you know, the wrong reasons. Um, you know, and that's how I've worked with my charities for over, like, decades now, and doing just everything that I do that's helping, you know, the side of the girls, because of the young girls also, they reach out all the time, like, would you help mentor me? Mm-hmm. Would you do some lessons with me? And so my husband even does interview lessons. I mean, he's a you know, big CEO guy, and he takes the time because he's like, this is what's important. You know, being able to get on the stage, not being scared to mm-hmm. have a conversation, mm-hmm. and getting things done. He interviewed a girl when he was working for Google, he was a CEO, for a Go- or sorry, he was an executive at Google, and a girl came in for a job, and on her resume she said she was a former Miss USA, California, or something like that. I don't remember what title it was. And he said, I know you're a hard worker. And he's like, just to get to that level, he's like, because I've seen my wife and she never did USA. Didn't even, you know, that was never on my plate. It was already past the age point in that part of my life. But he's like, I wanted to hear more from her because I knew how hard it was to get here. Yeah,
0: mm-hmm.
1: You know, and I was like, yeah, cause you manage a million things, especially being a mom and married and doing pageantry. Like, holy moly. I ended up with like so many sky miles because I was like traveling. Huh. Like they're like, oh, you have four free suitcases now, Miss Pennington, you know, cause I was traveling <laughs> <Yeah>. so much <laughs> to do what I wanted to do. You know what pageantry. I, what I think,
2: um, to your point about like starting as an adult i think all three of us with things we've started as adults if you're starting something if you're like in your late 20s your 30s like you're not doing it unless you're fucking doing Doing it it. exactly like it's not like oh i'm a kid i'm interested or maybe like the other kids are doing it this seems cool like you're in it and and you're pursuing it like wholeheartedly because you didn't like get to a certain
1: point or a certain age to like half-ass whatever it is that you're interested in. No, so. it, the time is of the essence. And like, you don't, there's not like all these times I'm messed up again. Yeah. It's like, like you said, you're in it. So everything I do, I try to do like 110%. I'm like, I know both you do. It's just yeah. because there isn't for me personally, like I, we don't get another rehearsal. Yeah. Like this is it. Mm-hmm. And time's
2: a luxury when you have a family and like a you know an, a demanding job and like you're you know you're you're helping out family members whether it's like going to your kids' games or supporting your
1: husband's endeavors. Like there's there's other shit that's got to oh, get done. One hundred percent. And yeah. I think too, like I forget like. You know, as a young person, I didn't realize how expensive your time is. Mm-hmm. Is the most expensive thing you hold. Mm-hmm. And like yeah. I really watched as my father passed away, like as he became sick, I was like, Holy moly, like this is it. Like you gotta get it all done. And, and really delicate like what is important to you and what you do each day. Like when you wake up, you're like, you mm-hmm. know, if you answered every single message for somebody, like your day would be gone, right? So it's just really just yeah. figuring out what is the main factor in kind of your totem pole. And like, this is like Dr. Tara. I don't know if you watched her interview. I, didn't, I just met her, she, though. I loved her. Mm-hmm. But she
2: literally said, she w- she was saying that she has, you know, somebody that cleans her house. And, and, and what she said was, to, to quote, and I'm going to screw up the second part, but she was like, you know, I can't do X, Y, or Z if I'm scrubbing toilets. And she's like, it's not like, oh, you yeah. know, I'm this super important person. Like, I need someone to clean my house. It's more like keep the main thing, the main thing, take care of the other stuff that's important. Yeah. And then the delegate. things you can delegate, like without worrying about if someone's gonna do it as uh,
1: effectively as mm-hmm. you, then you can just pass it along. You 100%, know? there's different realm. Time is yeah. money. Time, is, Yeah, and like, you just wanna enjoy your time before it's yeah. too late, because you don't know what tomorrow brings.
0: Yeah. Uh, what I love about what you do though is, and, and for anybody, the, the largest and most valuable gift that we could ever give somebody is giving them whatever it is, our time, our energy, our mentorship, coaching, feedback. I mean, all of it, that's the gift that we can give to people. And um, the fact that you take the time to mentor younger women or um, help style them or dress them. I know the fashion show you did, you know, you were raising money. What is uh, a cause that you believe super strongly about that that you want that you're focusing on and you want to make mention of?
1: Yeah, so I for the like I would say probably a decade plus, I've worked with homelessness, whether it be in New York, Las Vegas, or New Jersey, and the reason is because my mother was homeless when she immigrated to the states. She ended up finding herself in a predicament where just where it was, like she ended up you know, in a space where she had nobody, didn't speak the language and was like, you know, who thought this could happen to somebody like this? So people think, you know, it's somebody who, who does drugs or drinks or whatever, but like homelessness is, like maybe tomorrow, like you just don't have your check in time to pay mm-hmm. the rent and mm-hmm. your landlord says you gotta go. And it, whether it's couch surfing or sleeping in your car or, you know, just the bills aren't getting paid and whatnot. And that's why I really try to, I guess more like teach and just make acknowledge to everybody is like, homelessness is an array of different things, right? So I've been fortunate enough to sit on the board for HEPCOR, which permanently houses the homelessness in Monmouth and in Ocean County. So we're not just a shelter, we're not just a place to get a meal, we are physically putting you in a home Mm -hmm. and we're your landlords. We also have two boarding houses for people who cannot live on their loan uh, loan if there happens to be um, a disability, they're veterans, whatever it may be that they're dealing with, we have spaces and places for them as well. So when I met this woman, Mart, I think you met her at our event, and she was telling me what HubCore did. I, I just fell in love immediately because mm-hmm. I've worked with Covenant House for many, many moons. I've sat on both boards for New York and New Jersey. And I felt that if we could stop homelessness at a young age before they transition to adult homelessness is where it's harder to stop it. Right. So I've been doing that. I've done multiple sleep outs where we sleep on the street. We raise money, millions of dollars. Um, it's, it's so passionate to me because I've actually seen the success rate. So it's like 96% of Covenant House children transition out of homelessness through these programs.
0: Amazing. And Mm -hmm. our
1: adult families or, you know, single families or moms, they are also doing such a great job in HabCorp because we're managing them and helping them, you know, your rent's going to get paid, your bills are going to get paid, this is how we're going to do it, you have to go to work, and having the structure, just sometimes we just don't know what we don't know. Mm -hmm. You know, if you weren't taught, how would you know? And giving
2: them the opportunity to focus on other things instead of how they're going to get the next dollar. Like,
1: if you don't know how to like balance a checkbook, what are you going to do You know, if you don't know how to get a cell phone? So a lot of the things I worked with the children in New York, which like blew my mind, was they didn't even know how to get a metro car to get on the subway. Wow. They've never actually left the area where they've been in. So, you know, it's just generational things. I was like, we have to stop and help and educate and take the time. Mm -hmm. And I felt if I did this, the improvement level, just of my time getting in the, whether you can write a check or you have to get in the trenches, it's like, I want to do both. So how can I raise money? How can I make it aware? But how can we... Because homelessness doesn't just affect you know, New Jersey, It doesn't just affect New York, it is worldwide. Mm-hmm. And I saw that a lot living um, abroad as well. I mean, like, it struggles with every place. And especially during COVID, I was like, this was, I think was my biggest fundraiser i ever done for Covenant House, because it, unfortunately, many children lost an adult to COVID and that put them in the foster care system.
0: Yeah, and I was mm-hmm. like, because
1: there wasn't an, an aunt, or an uncle, or grandparent, they didn't have a structure, they didn't have family. And nowadays, most people move away from family, don't have that built-in system. And I was like, what can I do personally? Because I do not want to see children in homelessness. My sister actually adopted two children out of that situation. And that's another great way to stop homelessness Mm -hmm. is getting kids out of the foster care Mm -hmm. system. Um, But it's really passionate to me because if you see someone on the street, people make a judgment already. You don't want to like make eye contact. You're like, oh, they must be doing something. People step over. I'm like, that is a human. Mm -hmm. You're right, we can't fix this problem today, but it can start somewhere else. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and that's why I'm so passionate. So if anybody ever wants to get involved, get their hands, you know, in the trenches, to help wrap Christmas gifts for our children. You know, we are doing so many little things that make such, such a big impact. Oh awesome. yeah. yeah, absolutely. Yeah,
0: yeah we'll, we'll definitely get involved. I know um, obviously we, we had this beautiful brunch this past, this past weekend, which was so totally. nice as well. Um, as a mother, as a career woman, what do you think that you're most proud of as far as leaving a legacy? And I just really instilled that in me, because my, like, my dad did that for me. He was like, just keep doing what you love. Like,
1: he was always a first person in my basketball games? I'm like, so sad.
0: Uh, you know, I'll start crying right now if I even start talking about my daughter, because I'm the same way. Like, when you see them in their their human form and their behavior of, of this person that they've become, because, you know, I, I think as moms, we just doubt everything, right?